today we have been talking all week long about maturity. One of the things that's come out earlier this year as we entered into 2023, the Lord gave us this word. It's our year of the glory. We've been talking about the glory of God all year long, and it's our destination. It's something that we can lay hold of and walk out with God. We can walk in the glory consistently. We're designed to do it. Like I pause because when you think about it, it's not just a place to arrive to. The glory of God is something to wear. It's something to have encapsulate us. The glory is supposed to be something that we can have because Jesus told us that we not only could do what he did, we could do greater works than what he did. And Jesus carried and handled the glory of God, but he didn't just wake up one day and all of a sudden willy nilly, bam, get hit by a lightning bolt and have glory just enter his body and blammo. He went from ordinary to glorified. No, he was intentional to do the works of God. And part of the works of God is maturing. Yeah. The word tells us in Luke 2.52 that Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. That word stature, another yeah. word for it is mature. Jesus continued to increase in his maturity. And if we are designed to be like Jesus, and we are, then we also are to be continually increasing in our maturity. Monday, we talked about maturity. What is it? What, what's yeah. the true biblical definition of it? And true maturity is not just a date on a birth certificate. It's not an arrival point. It's continuing to look more and more like Jesus until we've reached the fullness of it. That's maturity. On Tuesday, we talked about maturity that leads to unity. How how in order to be a mature person, you have to be a person of unity. Yesterday, we talked about maturity and what it looks like in submission and authority. In order to be a mature person, we have to be submitted to our leadership. We have to be submitted to proper biblical leadership, our delegated authorities, and that the fruit of how we respond to our authority proves whether we're maturing in the things of God or not. And today, as we wrap up this series, Buddy's going to be back with with you tomorrow. And he's going to be starting a brand new series on how to study the Bible. It's going to be great. So as we wrap up today, we're talking about the two things that mature people will do that will lead to increase in our lives. And just to give it to you right at the starting point, those two things are crucify the flesh and put on the new man. Put to death the flesh and put on the new man. And if we as believers will do these two things, we will begin to see never-ending increase take place in our lives. This particular section of this series is transformative to the fruitfulness of our lives because it yields a blessing that's massive. That's huge. So before we fully dive in, what you got? It's just so cool watching it all go together because the Lord, and we'll be going there, but 
the Lord had me like three or four days in a row just put on, as I was getting ready, Romans 8, which is talking all about this. And we'll be going there, of course, later today. But he had me put on Romans 8 multiple times over the past week. And I had no clue. This was before we knew what we'd be talking about today and stuff. And I was like, Lord, like I listened to this yesterday. I listened to this the day before. But just kept putting it on and putting it on. And it's so good. So, guys, it's such an on-time word. And the thing is, it's not just for us on here. Sure. It's not just, it's not even for everyone watching live right now. It's for everyone who will ever at any point hear this and more for everyone. Because the Lord knows exactly what we need, exactly when we need it. So I'm just so excited to see him pour out with yes. this. He's been planning this. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you go to Ephesians 4, this has kind of been our keystone verse for the week. Ephesians 4 is talking about maturing up into the things of God. So verse 17 says, So this I say, and affirm together with the Lord, that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also mm-hmm. walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous, having given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as a, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the laws of deceit and that you may be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God and has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. So there's a lot to unpack in those scriptures. But if you look at the beginning through to where we finished reading in Ephesians 4, it gives you a picture of what things look like when we are being led by the Spirit and what things look like when we're being led of the flesh. You know, the Gentiles, those were people that were heathen, that were led by their flesh and its desires. So when it says, you walk no longer as the Gentiles do, he's saying, you're not to consult. We're not to consult with the temptations of the yeah. flesh, the lusts of the flesh, the the things that our flesh used to like. You know, when he says they walked in the futility of their mind, the Gentiles lived by their spirit and the Gentiles lived by their soul. And something that's mm-hmm. going to be crucial to understand today when it comes down to these two things that lead to the blessing, crucifying the flesh and putting on the new man is recognizing that we are a three-part being. Genesis tells us that we were created in the image and in the likeness of God. God is a three-part being, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We, created in His image, also are a three-part being. We have a flesh. That flesh is corrupted with sin. We have a soul our mind, our will, and our emotions, and the soul, we can choose to renew it or leave it corrupted. That's a, that's 
a battlefield that we can either dominate or let sin dominate. And then we are a spirit being. Yeah. And put this in the comments. The real you is a spirit being. The real you is a spirit being. We are not our flesh. We are our spirit. That is who we are. Who are we? The spirit man. And when the spirit man is born again, when we come to Jesus and we declare that Jesus is Lord, that he is our savior, what happens is that spirit that was at one point in time corrupted without Christ, Christ comes in and cleanses us and makes us brand new. And our spirit man is then joined with Christ. We are no longer our own person. We are one with Christ Jesus. Our spirit is connected with his spirit. So the real you is not corrupted. The real you is not affected by by the corruption of the flesh. The real you is a spirit man that's connected with Jesus. The real you is a spirit man. Yeah. And knowing that there's a th- that we are a three-part man, knowing that we are made right, the real us is already made right, and it's yeah. our responsibility yeah. to submit the flesh and dominate our soul with the word of God will make the biggest difference because we don't have to live by our flesh's emotions, our flesh's feelings, our soul's thoughts, our flesh's desires. No, we are to discipline ourselves to control ourselves and ensure that the spirit dominates the mind, will, and emotions, the soul, and crucifies the flesh. Yeah. Well, it's more, one thing I want to point out is it's more than just being saved and putting down the flesh. It's more than just, well, I go to church. It's more than, well, I do all these things for the Lord, um, because so did the Pharisees. And that's, that's kind of the point. The Pharisees dedicated their whole lives to, uh, you know, the, the word and studying out the word and teaching the word. And yet they couldn't recognize Jesus when he was standing right in front of them. So, you know, we're talking about maturity today. And that's, you know, chasing after the Lord and becoming more and more looking like Christ. Mm-hmm. They didn't look at anything like Christ to the point that they couldn't even recognize him when they, when they saw him. Yeah. So it's not just enough to do works in order to put the flesh down. It's a choice that I'm listening to what Holy Spirit tells me to do and not just what logically makes sense, not, okay, logically I need to read the word for an hour today, so that's Mm -hmm. what I'm going to do, and I put down the flesh. Uh, You know, we've known people who have said, well, I spend three hours reading the Bible every day, and they— they were some not great people. So just because you read the Bible, just because you, you know, pray for hours a day, just because you've never missed a Sunday in your life, all wonderful things, but it's not works. It's not based off of just works that we can say, oh, well, I put down my flesh. It's so much more than that. Yeah. Well, in, in Romans eight fourteen, it says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God... These are the sons of God. Yeah. So our ability to walk by our spirit man and not by our flesh, not by our soul, that's a fruit and is an evidence that we belong to Christ. 
You know, my daughter, she is making facial expressions that look like me. She's reacting to things like I do. She's 11 months old, but she's still doing things that prove she's mine. You know, she yeah. looks like her father. She'll make faces like her father does. She, it's an evidence that she belongs to us. Our ability to follow the spirit proves that it's an evidence. It's a fruit that we are the sons of God. Being led by our spirit is an evidence that we are the sons of God. See, our flesh, while yes, we live inside of it, it was born with sin because the sins of the father are passed down. And so our the sin nature that came into the world through Adam's sin of eating the fruit in the garden, it was been passed down to person after person after person. We can't escape it. That's why the Bible tells us that all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. The flesh will be given a new body when we get to heaven. But here on the earth, the flesh will always have the nature of its original father, you know, that sin nature. It's always going to be in there. But Jesus has overcome the world. The word tells us in 1 John 4 that Jesus has already overcome the world. So that means the sin that was in the world and the sin that has been in my flesh, Jesus overcame it. And when I became born again, when we became born again and our spirit then became a part of Jesus's spirit, that means that the overcoming spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, that dwells inside of me. That means that it has the ability to crucify the things of the world because it's already dominated it. And hear that the flesh is not something that we are to be dominated by. The flesh is a defeated foe. Yeah. And put that in the comments. The flesh is a defeated foe. The flesh may be louder. The flesh may have desires, but the corruption that's that's inside of it, Jesus has already overcome it. He's already defeated it. And the victory that belongs to Jesus when he was raised up and seated at the right hand of the father and the father crowned him with the name that's above every name. And Jesus sat down and sent the Holy Spirit to us. He sent us a weapon against the enemy and his deception to enforce the victory that he already granted to us. It's like if I if I'm if I am made a champion, I and I pass my crown to Abigail. Yeah. Abby doesn't have to go win the same battle I fought. She gets my victory. It's just passed on to her. That's what Jesus did. He passed his victory on to us and then to go do what I've already done. Go enforce the victory that's yours. Yeah. Well, we were talking, um, um, we were talking at Impact the other day about the humanity of Jesus and how he, he went through everything that we went through. Yeah. He, uh, there was a point that it made, it made my flesh uncomfortable to talk about, but it's the truth. And it made it really encouraged me. And the the truth is, Jesus had a flesh when he came to the earth. He was a human being, and he left his deity to come as a human to us. 
and to be our great example. So that meant as a human with a flesh, there were thoughts that his flesh brought up that were not good thoughts. You know, he had thoughts in his mind, just like we have had, that weren't good, and he had to put down. Like the fact that maybe I don't want to be tortured and killed. I imagine his flesh had that thought. But in what he says, that he is the great example for us. He put those thoughts down, and he mm-hmm. listened to his spirit man, yeah. the real him. He said, those, those fleshly thoughts, that's not the real me. I'm not paying any attention to that. I only pay attention to what my father says. I only do and say what my father does and says. Yeah. And that's what he did. And he showed us, if I can come down here as a human, it wasn't like he came down here in all of his godly glory and just had like superpowers. And that's how he was able to defeat the flesh and put down all of the thoughts or anything and be absolutely perfect. He came down to show us, you can do this too. You can do this too. He came as a man. He had thoughts, thoughts of, you know, uh, we were talking about how he went on the 40-day fast. He was hungry. (laughs) The Bible says he was hungry. He wanted to eat. And that's when the enemy came and tempted him and said, you know, if you're really the son of God, turn these bread or turn these stones into bread. Mm -hmm. And he had to put down those thoughts of, I'm really hungry. I want some bread right now, just like our flesh would have it. He had to put those down. And we see he did exactly that. And he responded with the word of God and what his spirit was saying. So he shows us we should look at him as the great example, like he says, and see that, okay, Jesus did this, and he's saying, I can do it too. So whether I feel like it or not, any thought that's not from him, I know I can put that down. I know it's not me. The real me is my spirit, and I can listen to my spirit man. I can listen to the Holy Spirit speaking to me just like Jesus did. And put that in the comments. Jesus is my great example because we've we've got to look at it like that. He has declared, just as yeah. I have done these things, you can do them too. And that's the truth. God is not a liar. Yeah. God is not a man that he should lie. So if he's saying that you can do it, you can do it. Yeah. Well, the word tells us in Romans that those who are led by the flesh, it leads to death. But those who are yeah. led by the spirit, it leads to life and, and peace. So when we are crucifying the flesh, We are ensuring that we are walking in the ways that will lead to life and life in abundance. Jesus tells us in John 10, 10, that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And if my flesh has within it the corruption of this world, who's the father of this world? It's the enemy. The enemy occupies earth and he tries to pervert and just spread sin all over. So if the only thing and hear this the if the only purpose of the enemy is to steal kill and destroy and my flesh has corruption that comes from the enemy in it why would i listen to my flesh if it would lead me to being stolen from killed and destroyed 
That's the only place my flesh is leading me is yeah. to be killed, to be robbed, and to be destroyed. Yeah. And that may feel uncomfortable, but it's a reality that we need to face if yeah. we're going to walk in the blessings of God is recognizing that just because it may be a part of the three-part man, that does not mean I'm supposed to follow it. My flesh is yeah. not something I need to follow. And put that in the comments. My flesh is not something I need to follow. Your flesh, my flesh, will lead me to death. Yeah. My flesh will lead me to death. If I listen to it and follow it all the way through, yeah. it's just going to lead me to death. Perfect example. The flesh if, you, if we gave it an option of, would you like to eat salads forever? Or would you like to eat tacos and ice cream and all the bacon that you could ever want in the world and donuts all the time and chocolate for breakfast? Which one would the flesh want to eat? As the chocolate one was for Joni. Uh, she's in the room. She's chuckling. But truly, which one's the flesh going to want to eat? Yeah. The flesh wants the things that taste good to it, the things that'll satisfy it in the moment. And the word tells us that all things are lawful, meaning God allows us to make whatever decision we want to make. But his yeah. word also in that same verse tells us not all things are profitable. So mm -hmm. if I choose, all I'm going to eat is this garbage. I don't want to eat salad. I don't want to eat healthy. I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to run. I don't want to do this stuff. I want to eat junk and watch TV and go to bed. It's my life. I'm an adult. I could make that choice. Well, for a season, it may feel fun. Sure. But what we're doing to our body is literally destroying it. Yeah. We're breaking down its capabilities of repairing and restoring and having energy to go and do yeah. and live. We're robbing ourselves of life. So just because in a moment we may not see an immediate consequence of our choice, the flesh and its desire for things that make it feel good yeah. is always going to lead us to destruction. And like I used to live uh, with people and like I had a roommate at one point in time and I remember them saying that they would rather eat whatever they wanted to eat and die early than make themselves be disciplined to healthy eating. Like I want to eat what I want and be happy. God wants me to be happy. God does want us to be in joy, but yeah. God also tells us that he's made available to us 120 years on the earth. That's his will for his people is to have a long and satisfying life. And what's the only way true satisfaction comes by living in him? So if I'm living by my flesh, I will never be satisfied. I will never live in abundance. I will never live in the fullness of what God has for me because God's not in my flesh. God will heal my flesh. God will help me, will bring healing to my mortal body, but yeah. he's not in my flesh. God is in my spirit because yeah. my spirit is one with Christ. So yeah. if I'm just consistently giving into my flesh and God's here and I'm listening to my flesh, my flesh will lead me sideways because yeah. the flesh never points to God. 
The flesh never points to God. Put that in the comments. The flesh never points to God. And we have to ensure that we're living by the Spirit if we want to live in life and life in abundance. Yeah. Well, the Bible says uh, God knows the end from the beginning. Yeah. He knows exactly how many hairs are on our head. He knit us together in our mother's womb. He knows everything about us. Yeah. He knows things about us that we don't even know. He knows what we like, things that we like that we haven't even figured out yet. Mm -hmm. He knows uh, what our future holds. Yeah. He knows it all. Why would we, in our ignorance and pride, say, no, I think this is better for me? Or even though, you know, this may not be the best, it's what makes me happy, and I think that's better in the end. Why would we do that in our, that's that's pride, it's ignorance, and stupidity, honestly, is what it is. And why would we think that we know better than him? I can't tell you a single time that I have put down the flesh and listened to the Spirit, even when it seemed difficult, even when, honestly, I just didn't want to do it, that I regretted it. Right. Even slightly regretted it. I can't tell you a single time that that's happened. Can I tell you how many times, though, I've listened to the flesh and I've regretted it? Probably every single one. Every single time. (laughs) Every single time. Like, down to the point where, I'm not kidding, there was a couple days ago, uh, I think it was a week ago, where I I had just woken up and it was a Saturday and I was like, you know what, I want chips and queso for breakfast because that's who I am. And, uh, and, like, I felt like that was fine. And, uh, like, I had peace on doing that. It was just, like, one day and stuff. But the Lord told me to uh, look in the fridge for some queso. And I was like, I've already looked. There isn't any. And so I just went into my pantry where I knew there was some, uh, another, another, like, little can of it. And I, I ate it. I just, I had a feeling like, like, oh, I should check in the fridge. I should check in it, but no, I'm not going to because I've already checked there before. And I <laughs> ate the queso, and there was something wrong with it. It yeah. literally upset my stomach. And I checked back in the fridge like a day or so later. There was literally a queso that I know is like totally good, totally great. It was hidden behind something I had no clue about. So even something down to the very small things mm-hmm. where there's just a just a still, small voice of, you should do this. And I thought, in my whatever, I don't need to do that. I don't need to listen to that. I ended up regretting it. My stomach hurt for a little bit. I was like, oh, dang it. And the Lord helped me. I was totally healed. It didn't take long. But just small things even, the Lord knows, and he wants to guide us in it and help us just not have to deal with inconveniences sure like that was an inconvenience I didn't enjoy that if he cares about the small thing how much more does he care about the huge thing yeah well the flesh is a toddler you know and that's that's the example that he's given me over and over again through pastors is that the flesh is a toddler yeah if we wouldn't allow a toddler to make our decisions for us why would we listen to the flesh You know, like I have a godson who is, I adore him. He is wonderful. He's feisty. He's funny. But he's at a point right now where he's learning how 
to be disciplined. He like his parents are having to discipline him more. He's he's testing boundaries and learning how to react to discipline. But I guarantee that that toddler, no matter whether it's my godson or another toddler, you know, what are they? They can be emotional because they don't know what to do with emotions. So their emotions can swing wild. They are learning everything. I mean, they're, they're just rambunctious a lot of times. And if we just allow our flesh to lead us, it's no different than if my godson came up to me, like screaming and kicking and crying. And I'm like, oh, whatever can we do to make you feel better? No, he needs to learn how to be disciplined. He needs to learn that it's not okay to do that. But like, as you're talking, the example that comes up to me is, you know, I used to, when I was really growing in the things of God and having the Lord expose a whole bunch of garbage in my life, there were four main areas where I had allowed my flesh to be very loud. And one of them was anger. Like I was a hothead. I had a very strong temper and I was a person, I used to be a person that if something snappy was said to me or a situation didn't go the way I wanted it to, I would just react and spout off. And that was what so much of mine and George's marriage was, was he may say something that I didn't enjoy. And instead of just submitting to him, I'd mouth back to him. You know, there's not one time where I have spouted back off to someone that I am like, that was a good one. Good job. Way to show the character of Jesus, Barrett. No, every single time I look back and I'm like, wow, that was stupid. That was so dumb because I'm not being led by God. The choices that we make by the flesh, those are the choices that we end up regretting. The choices that we make by the Spirit, as Abby said, those are the ones that will stand the test of time. Yeah. The decisions that we make by being led by the Spirit are the decisions that will stand the test of time. Yeah. Time and time again. So when I would run away because pastor corrected me and I didn't like it, that wasn't my spirit man running. That was my flesh throwing a tantrum. When my flesh didn't enjoy correction and I would just say a whole bunch of bad stuff in my head about the person. Well, you don't know, blah, blah, blah. That was my flesh throwing a tantrum. The flesh throws tantrums because it's a toddler. You don't let a toddler do what it wants. You discipline it. You discipline it. And the toddlers that aren't disciplined, like I, I bet everyone can think of a family that their parents don't discipline toddlers. If you can't think of one, go to Walmart for like 10 minutes. You'll see plenty. Yeah. Because we, as a society, we haven't learned how to do this. Yeah. How many people do you see disciplining their kids? It's not something that happens much anymore. And you, every person can tell that family whose kid yeah. has not been disciplined. Yeah. No one wants to invite them over. No one wants to hang out with them. Not the mature people. Yeah. Because it's, oh man, like you, you know that it's just going to be a wild ride with them around. It's work. It's, and not in a good way. Like, yes, at the leading of God, you're around people. I'm not saying you exclude people who don't discipline their kids, but hear what I'm saying. Your flesh doesn't want to be around that. My flesh doesn't want to be around the kids in Walmart that are screaming and hitting their parents because they want a kinder egg. Like, I don't want to be around that. I want to go spank the kid, and it's not even mine. (laughs) 
that's what our flesh needs to have done to it. Yeah. Truly, we need to like put our flesh in time out. We need yeah. to beat our flesh's butt. We need to discipline it. Stick it yeah. in a corner. Tell it to shut up because our flesh will never lead us to profit ever. Yeah. And that's the thing that I want the body of Christ to get it so much is yeah. the flesh will never lead us to prosper. The more we listen to it, the more we're destroyed. Yeah. The more we listen to it, the longer it's going to take us to actually become carriers of the glory. Going back to what I was saying at the beginning, what we were saying at the beginning. Hey, Brother Andy, it's so good to see you. We miss you very much. But at the beginning, it's the year of the glory. Yeah. The longer it takes us to crucify the flesh and put on the new man, the longer it's going to take us to carry the glory. Because mm-hmm. God prepares an administration suitable for the glory of God. And what's not suitable for the glory? Corruption. The flesh. Yeah. The flesh dominating my life will never lead me to become a carrier of his glory. Yeah. That's why the word tells us in 2 Corinthians 5 that we're not to look at ourselves as the old man. I used to be led by this, but going yeah. into putting on the new man... I'm not this anymore. The moment I became born again, the most important and most vocal part of my life, if I'll allow it to, is the spirit man. The spirit man is who we are. And the spirit man will lead us to become that carrier of the glory if we will yield to it. Just being saved, as Abby was saying about a half hour ago, doesn't cut it. You can be saved we can be saved and still led by the spirit or led by the flesh. Oh, yeah. We can be saved and not have any dominion over our soul. Yeah. But we are to be saved and walking in the fruitfulness of Jesus. And that comes as we submit the flesh. Yeah. Well, it's like the parable of the man who built his house on the shifting sands. And yeah. it, like it, it didn't end well. Uh, but the Lord, the Lord had this analogy that I gave the other day, and I, I feel I'm bringing it back up again. And truly, the only good and strong foundation is Him. Yeah. Is when we're rooted and grounded in love, which is God, and listening to Him. Every choice I make, I make because He told me. Yeah. I, just like Jesus said, I only do, I only say what I hear my Father say. Yeah. And that's how we've got to be. And when our foundation is the Lord, then no matter what weather tries to come and blow the house around, no matter what tries to be around it, we're on a strong foundation and we aren't changed at all. We're able to be stable. I think that's what everybody longs for. Everybody just longs for stability in their life. They long. That's why people love confidence. That's why people are drawn to confident people because they want to be more like that. They want to be confident in and unbothered by things. Everyone longs for stability. Mm-hmm. But the only way to get true stability is to have a good foundation. And the only good foundation is God, yeah. is yeah. the love of God, is being obedient to God. And as long as we allow ourselves mm-hmm to listen to the flesh, even if it's just once every so often, there is that just little bit of shifty sand in the foundation. There can be 
a lot of foundation of God, but if part of the foundation isn't stable, it makes the whole house shaky and not stable. Yeah. And we've got to get to a point where, like you were saying, we realize there will never be a point where my flesh leads me in the right direction. Never. Never. There will never be. Like, that's an absolute. Yes. Yes. We don't, like, absolutes are unbecoming on lips of novices. We don't say absolutes very often, but that is one absolute we can say because the Word says that. Mm -hmm. The flesh will never lead us to victory. No. It will never lead us to any good at all. Yeah. So we've got to get to a point where we're done. We've got to get to a point where we're done yep. with it. I'm not going to do that anymore. My only decision-making process is going to be what I hear the Father say, yeah. what I hear Him say, what I see Him do, what I feel Him leading me to do. Mm-hmm. That is the only way I make a decision. Mm-hmm. That is the only way I make a decision. Yeah. And we've got to get to that point where we won't allow it any longer. Yeah. And too much, too much, the majority, the large majority of the body of Christ has allowed their flesh, has allowed their flesh, well, I, I just couldn't help it. Yeah. I just, you know, this happened and I just, I just couldn't help it. I had to tell them what I thought. Or, you know, I just had to do this because I didn't know what else to do. And... We've allowed ourselves to do this, or the anger just overtook me, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's ridiculous, honestly. Honestly, we're supposed to be little Christ. We're supposed to be walking and looking just like him on this yeah. earth. But we've allowed ourselves to say, no, sometimes I'm going to look like the devil. Mm-hmm. That's what the flesh no, you're is. completely correct. The flesh is the son of the devil, and we're saying, no, I'm going to listen. I'm, I'm supposed to be Christ walking on this earth, but sometimes I have. Do you know how many times I've seen in people's, like, Christian's bios, like. Christian, like, but I cuss a little bit. <laughs> ridiculous. That is the most idiotic thing. Yep. It is so ridiculous. Fueled by Jesus and a little bit of wine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's time for us to be done yeah. with that. I am so so done with that in my life. Yeah. I will not allow the flesh in my life any longer. Yeah. We've got to get to that point where we make that hard decision so that when we get to a, oh, uh, what is it? A, what a in, the road? in the road? Yeah, fork in the road point where we have to make the decision. Yeah. We already know what path we're taking because yeah. we made it. We made it under the anointing. Yep. We made it when the Lord was leading us. I already know. When there is a fork in the road, when there's a decision to be made, I already know what path I'm taking. Yeah. It is easy for me because yep. I know I'm not taking the flesh's way. Yeah. I'm taking what the Lord leads me to. Yeah. And that's, that's where we've got to be. If we don't make that decision now, then every time we come to that decision, every time we come to that fork in the road, we've got that pull. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what uh, the Bible talks about being lukewarm. That's what, you know, it talks about having a foot in both worlds because, well, I could listen to the Lord or I could do my flesh. Which do I want to do this time? Right. And God says he will spit us out of his mouths. He would rather us just just not be saved rather than being lukewarm because it is terrible. It's terrible for us. 
It's terrible for our witness to every other person on the planet. It's terrible. So it's time for us to make a decision. Mm -hmm. It's time for us to get real. Am I going to be not saved? Am I going to chase after the world? Am I going to chase after the flesh? Because you have that option right now. The Lord's left it open. We have a free will. We can decide to do that or let's make the decision. I'm putting it all away. Mm -hmm. I'm crucifying the flesh. It has no power over me. My brain, my flesh can try to think whatever it wants to. That's not the real me, though. I, I, the real me, the real Abby is chasing after God no matter what it costs. Yeah. No matter whether my flesh likes it or not. We've got to make that decision now or else the rest of our lives until we make that decision will be a constant battle, completely unstable. Yeah. And it's, it's painful. It's terrible. Why would you do that? Yeah, there's no small thing to God. Yeah. Like, there may be a small fox that spoils the vine, but that small fox is not small. The consequence it has, the consequence that carries is massive. So we, you know, just at least here in America, we've thought, well, this is just a small thing. I can make this my own. But the word tells us that a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. I've used this example before, but would, if I offered you a glass of water that looked wonderful and you're about to drink it, I'm like, this is 99% water, but I put a couple drops of poison in there. Here you go. Are you going to drink it? No, because there's death in it. Yeah. That's what happens if we live for God 99% of the time, but we allow a 1% time for the flesh. Yeah. We're poisoning our own lives. As Abby was talking about the instability, we're poisoning our life with instability. You know, you, we can have momentum after momentum after momentum. Living by the flesh is what disrupts momentum. Yeah. Living by the flesh is what disrupts momentum for God. Living, and put that in the comments, living by the flesh disrupts momentum for God because the flesh is something we have to then crucify again. I can make the choice to crucify my flesh once and continue to make good choices. Getting started is one of the hardest things to do. And if we can overcome the hurdle of getting started, maintaining is so much easier It's so much easier to maintain a decision than to make a decision. And I don't mean make it flippantly with our words. I mean make a quality decision and act it out. It's so much easier to maintain than to get started. And every time we listen to the flesh, we're essentially knocking ourselves back to the starting point again and having to remake that decision. Now, the grace of God becomes available for us. And I'm not saying anything's hard or heavy, but... We then have to humble ourselves before the Lord, go through the forgiveness process, ask the, you know what I mean? It's, you have to get started again. It's so much easier to just, as Abby was saying, make the choice to say no to it now. But it's also easier because the example the Lord was giving me as you were talking is like a filter. So if um, these glasses were pink, Everything I would see then would have a tinge of pink attached to it. If these glasses were blue lenses, everything I see would have a tinge of blue in it. 
So for example, right now, the, the example that the Lord has had me use before, I think I heard it first from Robert Morris, but right now for every person around you, I want you to take like 10 seconds as I'm talking and I want you to go through the room that yeah. you're in and identify everything that you can see that is black. Just go around, take, take a look right now. Look for every black thing. Maybe it's a pen in this room. We have cameras all around us. Maybe it's the sole of your shoe. Maybe it's, you know, whatever it is. Look for black things. Close your eyes and try and picture every single black thing you just saw. Can you do it? Yes, I mean, you can, you can start listing off the black things. I don't want you to list me the black things. Tell me what you saw that was red. When we're so focused on yeah. one thing, yeah. other we can't we can't dedicate ourselves to something else. Our lens determines what we're ingesting. So if I am intentionally seeing through the lens of the flesh, then everything around me is tinged with the flesh. Why yeah. are people so negative? Because we're listening to the corrupted flesh. Why are people fearful? Because we're listening yeah. to the corrupted flesh. Why are people so emotional? Because we're listening to the flesh. That's the lens that we've looked through. And the verse that the Lord gave me a couple weeks ago, I talked about it on here, is comparing and contrasting Hebrews 12, 11 with Proverbs 10, 22. I'd never seen this until a few weeks ago. You know, in Hebrews 12, 11, in the author's writing, and it's one that we quote here quite often, all discipline for the moment seems, 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 yeah. seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. But that first part, all discipline seems not to be joyful. It seems to be sorrowful. Yeah. Discipline is sorrowful. And we've heard people talk about it. Man, it's going to be hard to discipline my flesh. I just, I'm really having a hard time with the flesh today. My flesh is so loud. My flesh is saying this. My flesh is feeling this. My flesh, my flesh. Well, that's showing what lens we're looking through. <laughs> yeah. If our sentences are consistently starting with my flesh, that shows what lens I'm looking through. We're paying it way too much attention. Way too much attention. Pastor Brian, that was one of the first corrections he ever gave me. He looked at me and he's like, that sentence had a whole lot of I in it. <laughs> and it showed that I was thinking about myself. Yeah. But you go over to Proverbs 10, 22, and it says, it's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. And he adds yeah. no sorrow to it. Yeah. So that means everything that God is giving to me that is designed to be a blessing, that's designed to increase me, God's yeah. not adding any sorrow to it. Yeah. So going back to Hebrews 12, 11, if I'm being disciplined, it doesn't have to be sorrowful. The only thing that's going to feel sorrowful is my flesh. And if I tell my flesh to shut up, it then becomes joyful. You know, it... I used to watch pastors do this with the kids, all, not as much Abby, she was older when I got here, but especially with like Eo and Luke, sometimes Abby, it, they would be corrected or disciplined or something, and 
I, like I have a memory of Luke like getting disciplined and he hated getting disciplined, like never wanted to be corrected, like mm-hmm. not out of, I mean, pride was there, but not because he was like, I'm so great. He just, he didn't want to miss it. Yeah. And so he would start crying at getting corrected. And I'd watch pastors be like, why are you crying right now? Why, why yeah. are you doing this? Why are you crying? Yeah. Not to shame him, but to show him there's no reason to cry. You're increasing yeah. because you're being corrected. This is yeah. a bad decision. You're, there's a consequence for it, but there's no reason to whine and cry. Even yeah. at a, the age of like three, they were yeah. teaching him, don't listen to the flesh on this. We don't have to listen to it. Yeah. Like if there's a, a bell that I could ring over and over again, it's we don't have to listen to the flesh. We can take that lens off and put on the lens of the spirit and everything becomes so much more peaceful because we are seeing with eyes of God. That's yeah. why we pray the Ephesians prayer, that we pray that our eyes would be enlightened, that we would see clearly what is the hope of the inheritance in the saints. Yeah. We don't have a sorrowful life. We have a joyful life. Yeah. Depending on what we're being led by. Yeah. Mature people don't live by the flesh. Yeah. Put that in the comments. Mature people don't live by the flesh. Mature people live by the spirit and they're led into life. Yeah. Pastor Nicole put a great point in the comment. She said, discipline is hard when we're fleshy. Yeah. If we're living in a spirit-led life, we rejoice at discipline because it means we're leveling up. And that is the truth. Yeah. That is the next point I wanted to go to because the reason it seems so difficult when a, a, a decision to do the right thing, a decision to put down the flesh can seem so difficult is because we haven't done it a lot, in yeah. all honesty. So it's it's difficult. It's like, you know, um, you know, lifting a hundred pound weight can seem difficult if you don't do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Because well, maybe I've never done this before. Yeah. And this can seem really hard. But if you're at the gym, you know, you're lifting hundred pound weights and you are doing that every day, so many times a day, well, a month later, that's nothing. That's nothing to lift a 100-pound weight. And you're able to do much harder things, much more difficult things, because you do that all the time. In all honesty, the reason it's been so hard to put down our flesh is because we haven't done it. Yeah. <laughs> it's because we haven't done it a lot. Yeah. So let's just Completely make the decision correct. now. I'm going to do this now, and I have the hope. I know this is going to be easier. Yeah. I can tell you there like there i like like so many people i had really struggled with my emotions and like putting down just emotions and thoughts and you know what is this person thinking about me all of this like just crazy stuff and like i just really told the lord like lord i really need help with this yeah and he had me do exactly what we're talking about today just put it down don't ignore it it mm-hmm. doesn't matter that's not you that's the flesh and think on me and think on my word. Well, the first time I did it, it was difficult because I wanted to keep thinking about, you know, whatever I was thinking. I don't even know. Whatever I was thinking about in that moment, it seemed difficult. The next time, I, I knew quicker what I needed to do, but it was still felt difficult. The next time, I just started doing it. Mm-hmm. And then before long, I, like, would be in a situation that totally would have bothered me for days, And I would be in a situation like that, 
and I would just, you know, I would just have leading to say one thing, and I went off, and someone asked me about it. They're like, how did you respond in that situation Mm -hmm. uh, so well, and you were unbothered? Like, that bothered me, and it wasn't even about me. Yeah. And I honestly didn't even think about it. And that's not tooting my horn at all. If it were up to me, I would have still, you know, been emotional. But the Lord makes a way. Yeah. We will not be in any situation, any, no temptation shall overcome us. There will be no situation that we're in that we can't overcome in Christ. Yeah. And it gets easier and easier and easier every time. The more we listen to the Spirit, it's like... um, I'm trying to think, like, musically, like, if I were to play this one um, note, like, a thing of, like, a horn or something, if I'm, if I'm doing a and I listen to that all the time, I'm, I'm trying to listen to that, and then some more, like, some music starts to play, and there's other, other instruments playing over here, but I'm paying attention to the horn, pretty soon, that other music can get super loud, but I'm able to still hear the horn because I know exactly what it sounds like. I know the tone yeah. of it. It doesn't matter how loud that other music gets. I can hear that horn out of everything because mm-hmm. I know what tone it is. I know what consi- like what um, you know repetition it goes at. I know absolutely everything. I can hear that horn. You've trained your ear anything. to it. I've trained my ear to it, and that's how we've got to be. I will train myself Mm -hmm. to listen to Holy Spirit, to listen to my spirit, man. The flesh can try to get as loud as it wants, and that doesn't matter at all because I am trained to listen to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So how do we do what we're talking about? Yeah. It's not complicated. It's discipline. And one of the things that's phenomenal about the Lord is He knew that in order to continue to crucify the flesh, he needed to help us with that. In order for us to walk it out successfully, he needed to help us with that. And he gave us access to the power of God through the Holy Spirit. And so in Galatians 5, it says that the fruit of the Spirit, the evidence of the Spirit living in us what we get to then partake of because we became a partaker of God's spirit through Jesus is we have access to the love of God. We have access to joy, peace, patience, goodness, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit. That's one of the things that every believer has access to. We then need to put faith on our ability to walk out self-control. You know, we can be a disciplined people. We are not who the world tells us we are. You know, there's this thing that's been going around for a year or two now. And every time I've heard it, it's like, it's rubbed my spirit the wrong way. And that's the phrase, my truth. Well, my truth, or this is just who I am. Bull. It's not who we are. Our truth is the word of God. So I am not an undisciplined person. I am not an unstable person. I am not led by my flesh. The real me is connected with Jesus. 
I may have made a decision 10 seconds ago that disproves that. But if I will apply faith on the word and renew my mind to the things of God and make the choice and walk it out, commit my works that my thoughts would be established. If I'll live disciplined and I'll live in that way, my life will do a 180. Yeah, And I say this as someone who is living that out right now. The majority of every person here has no idea what I looked like when I moved to North Carolina. I was, I was a mess. I had so much wrong. And this is after being saved for like a decade and being in church and trying to live for the Lord. I had so much stuff screwed up. I'm sure there is still so much stuff that the Lord is going to continue to reveal to me to fix over the course of my life. But what did we do? We change, we kill an old habit and we set a new habit. And what Abby was just talking about, that's setting a new habit. Yeah. It's that, and will the flesh have feelings on it? Yeah, because the flesh, as we talked about, is a toddler. The f- yeah, watch a kid get disciplined. They're gonna like for the first time, the first few times, there are likely tears that are going to accompany it. There is likely some sounds that are going to come out of that kid. They're not going to know exactly what to do the first few times they are faced with discipline and the need for correction. But what yeah. are we doing? We are establishing new habits, yeah. new ways that now I've watched Luke get corrected by pastor and he's like, okay, sorry. And he like repents and is fine. Yeah. Fine. He continues on doing what he was doing. He makes the change and he is still happy humming to himself, folding his paper airplanes or playing his Fortnite or whatever he's doing. Why? Because it doesn't break him anymore. He's learned the habit and is still learning the habit of disciplining his flesh. So yeah, there's probably going to be feelings that don't seem joyful. We're probably not going to be skipping emotionally every time we discipline ourselves. But after a period of time, we'll get to the point where living by the Spirit is so much more joyful. Yeah. Where discipline is so much more joyful. If we'll put faith on what the Word says we can have, it becomes so much more easy. Yeah. It really does. Uh, pastor said, we must listen to the vision of the Spirit always to walk with God. Yeah. Always. Oh, pastor's talked a whole lot. I missed it. <laughs> pastor says, the flesh and the Spirit always war against each other. The flesh has a vision of disagreement. We mm. can never walk with God and His power and fullness by agreeing with the vision of the flesh. Every time you listen to the flesh, you distance yourself from God. We must listen to the vision of the Spirit always to walk with God. Yeah. Acts 17, 28 tells us that in Him, we live and we move and we find our being. In Him, we have life and life in abundance. In Him, we move. And it's not talking about some confusion, like, awkward step, like toe step back and forth and back and forth. No, it says that we move and God leads us to increase. He leads us in triumph. You read 2 Corinthians 2.14 in the message translation. It tells us that God is leading us in a continual victory parade. So how are we moving in him? In continual victory. We find who we are in him. When we are led by the spirit, we are led to the reality of who we truly are. 
We're led to freedom. We're led to peace. We're led to joy. We're led to the glory. We're led to hope. Life becomes fun. And you, we can truly see that if we compare someone, like someone who's just entrenched in the world and its yeah. ways, and we compare it with someone who's on fire for God, yeah. they physically look different. Yeah. Like I, I've seen before and afters of people before when we were in sin and then after when we love the Lord, we don't even look the same. Yeah. We physically may not like look like a totally different human like we'll have we can have the same hair color you know same bone structure but there's a joy on the inside yeah. of a believer and it's because life with the spirit leads to peace yeah that's what we're to have and so as we wrap up this series of maturity obviously anything else you have yeah. talk as long yeah. as you want but as we wrap up today's point is really in my opinion the penultimate point of everything else we've talked about. It's, it is one of the most important aspects because if we don't know how to crucify the flesh and walk by the spirit, then we won't walk in unity. If we don't know how to crucify the flesh and walk by the spirit, we won't be in proper submission and authority. We won't yeah. become a mature person until we start to crucify the flesh. That's step one. Yeah. After getting born again, living by the Spirit and putting to death the deeds of the flesh, that's step one. In order to do anything else we've talked about this week, we have to learn how to do this. But before we even begin to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us how, we have to make the decision as you were talking about, Lord, yes, I'll let you teach me how. Yes, I want to put the flesh down. Yes, I want to live by the Spirit. We've got to do that first and then apply faith on the rest. Yeah, and the truth is God believes in you. For sure. God believes in you. We believe in you. You can do this. We can do this. But there's people who are, they're they're waiting on you. Yep. There's people that God has that he wants you to touch their lives. He wants you to affect their lives for the better. And they're depending on you. Mm-hmm. They're depending on us to make this decision. Mm-hmm. God believes in you, and he's just waiting for us to make this decision mm-hmm. of, okay, Lord, I want to be someone that you can depend on, that you can depend that I will not be moved by emotions. I will not be moved by whatever people say. I will not be moved by whatever the flesh screams in my ear. I want to be dependable on you because, God, you're depending on me. Mm-hmm. And there are other people who are depending on me. God has people that he wants you to touch, that he wants you in particular to touch, that he wants you in particular to have a word and be able to just share the love of God with them. But we've got to be people that, he can trust, that he can depend on. And if we're people who are moved by our flesh, who are moved by emotions all the time, who listen to every thought that comes into our heads, that's not dependable. That's, you know, a house on shifty sands. I wouldn't walk into that house. I wouldn't depend on that house if my life were dependent on it. So let's decide today, as we're closing, 
we're going to pray and we're going to make this decision together. Yeah. All of us together and let you be a part of this as we are praying today. Make today the day where you decide. Yeah. I'm not going to live by my flesh anymore. I've done it in the past. I've made decisions based off of emotions in the past. I've listened to the flesh in the past, but no longer will I do that because that stinks. <laughs> that is not good. But the Lord, Lord, I know you're good. I know every decision that you lead me to that is the absolute best, not only for me, but for everyone who mm -hmm. I will ever encounter. I'm making this decision for me. I'm making it for you, Lord, and I'm making it for them. Make this decision with us today, with your faith, with your heart. Make today the day where you decide, God, I want to be truly dependable for you. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to pray and believe with you that today's a new yeah. day. You yeah. know, in all that we've shared I guarantee every person in this room right now and every yeah. person watching likely in the last month has made a decision where we have been led more by our flesh than by the spirit. I'm yeah. being very conservative. But uh, because I know I've made plenty this week because the spirit's shown me some and I'm sure there's still been some that I've missed even still. But God just wants us to increase. So today, as we pray, let's make the decision that even if we've missed it 50 times today, and we yeah. threw the biggest flesh tantrum that we've ever thrown before, who cares? God's forgiveness is available right now. Yeah. His mercy is available right now. So who we were 10 seconds ago does not define where we're going. Who defines where we're going is Jesus. Yeah. And if we choose to turn, God, something pastors have said often, is that God wants us to make a decision for him and God will back up our, our decision for him. Hear that God, if you make a decision to live by your spirit today, it's yeah. not us backing your decision. The Holy Spirit of God Almighty yeah. backs your decision with all authority from heaven above. And here on this earth, he causes the earth to testify to your decision today. So yeah. if we decide right now, it's a new day, I'm drawn on that grace, heaven's backing it up. So Jesus, in the name that's above every name, we thank you for a series of messages this week that has crucified the flesh and challenged the flesh and brought us to this decision point. You want us to not just drink the milk. You want us to feast on the food. You want us to feast on the meat of the word. You want us to handle the glory. That requires a maturity and it requires a saying yes to God. So right now, just pray this with me and say, Jesus, today I choose you not just as my Savior, but as my Lord. You're calling the shots. And from this moment onward, I commit to be obedient. 
I will live. I will live by the spirit. By the spirit and not by the flesh. And not by the flesh. The flesh is no longer the real me. The flesh is no longer the real me. My spirit is the real me. My spirit is the real me. Jesus, I ask that you fill every person that prayed that in faith with the grace of God to walk it out now. Let the grace of God fill all of us from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. Let it be our empowerment to say yes to you. Remind us of this decision. Bring it back up to us if our flesh tries to be loud. Bring this moment back to our remembrance that we do not lightly esteem it. Let us make a decision knowing that heaven is backing it with authority now. And God, I thank you for a grace to easily put down the old ways, easily say no to the things of the flesh, easily have a distaste for sin and hungrily pursue righteousness. Lord, and as we do those things, I ask that the group of people who have watched the series this week live and in the time to come, I ask that their honor of the word as we, for those who would not only honor it in seeing, but honor it in hearing and doing, the people who apply faith to it, let These be the people who qualify to be carriers of the glory quickly. Let them quickly qualify in your eyes to not just be bystanders as the glory of God is dispensed, but let these be the people who will handle it and administrate it and impart it and release it and participate with your will. Let that be now. In Jesus' mighty name, we give you praise because our body and partners are maturing to the fullness of Christ today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Glory to God. Yeah, that was, the the anointing was all over that. Yeah. And that is a moment that will stand if if you'll let it. This is the changing moment. I I can feel the anointing on it. Yeah. We also want to make it available. If the Lord's placed it on your heart to sow specifically into this word, because I truly believe this word today is a changing point for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. And if the Lord's placed it on your heart, I'm sowing into this. This is mine, and I'm partnering with this word. This is changing my life, and I'm sowing into it for my life, then we want to make it available for you to do so. There is no pressure at all, but if the Lord's asked you to do something, we want to make it easy for you to be obedient, to make that choice, to listen to Him. So you can go to giveww.org. You can also scan this QR code over there, and that'll take you right there instead of typing it in. We have Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, Text to Give, and all those ways are there on the website for you to sow but believe, if the Lord's placed on your heart to sow, there is an anointing, there is a blessing yeah. on partnering and sowing into that word. And we want to pray a blessing over that seed. We're putting our faith on your seed mm-hmm. for the harvest coming into your life from this seed. Yeah. And we want to pray over that. So right now, thank you, Lord, for every person 
who is sowing into this broadcast today. Thank you for their seed. Thank you for their harvest. Thank you, Lord, that this is good soil that they are planting into. Thank you, Lord. It must produce a harvest yeah. that blesses them. Thank you, Lord, that this harvest is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Thank you that it comes quickly back into their hands. It is a testimony, and they see fruit from it for a long time. In Jesus' yeah. name. In Jesus' name. Yeah, there's a glory Amen. that God wants to release in your finances. Yeah. Not just a spiritual glory. God wants the glory to be released in your finances. Yeah. And before Abby even prayed, I believe that's what he was saying is to your seed today yeah. is being invested into the glory that God desires for you to have. You're investing your seed in God's glory today. So if you've sown, expect a different type of harvest back. Expect to see glory in your finances. Expect to see an uptick of the financial blessing in your life. Yeah. Expect for surprise checks in the mail. Expect, 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 expect as God has called you to. Yeah. That's what you, what you saw me doing is because God had already told that to me. So I'm sowing it now. Yeah. Now there's a glory on your finances. And before we wrap up, Sammy, if you can scroll back up to the top of pastors um, when he was giving that word on not living by mm -hmm. our flesh. He says, who wants to really walk with God? How yeah. can two walk together unless they agree? The flesh and the spirit always war against each other. The flesh has a vision of disagreement. You can never walk with God and his power and fullness by agreeing with the vision of the flesh. Every time you listen to the flesh, you distance yourself from God. We must listen to the vision of the spirit always to walk with God. Yeah. Always. And then Miss Melissa said, I've truly enjoyed and needed this study this week. My flesh is cringing, but my spirit is rejoicing because yeah. there have been things broken off of my life because of these truths this week. Glory to God. If yeah. you can tell the same has happened with you, if you can sense that the anointing has been released to take us to another level in the maturity, maturity of God, just yeah. put hands up in the comments. Begin rejoicing. If for no other reason than our sister in Christ just received freedom, yeah. but it's not just her. This is going to set people free. So let's leave this broadcast today greatly rejoicing. God yeah. is so good and increase and maturity belong to us through Christ. What a good day.